Hi, this is Pastor Chris from River Rock Church, and I wanted to share with you how God's people live in unity. I had planned on sharing a message about being an encourager from the book of 1 Thessalonians, been working on it all week, but with the George Floyd crisis and the riots and the protests and the demonstrations and just the call for racial unity, I thought I would just take some time to share some verses that the Bible talks about racial unity. So as I've gone through life, I've had some experiences about being discriminated against, but never, never um, what some black people go through uh, when they are discriminated against. And I think the worst thing uh, was the imagery. The worst thing was the way that George Floyd died with a white man pressing him down, holding him down, actually four police officers holding him down, pressing him down, which is totally a visual image of a black man being pushed down and repressed by white people, by other people. And that is so wrong. And we shouldn't have to go through life like that. We are all discriminated against for some reason or another. Black people are discriminated against. Hispanic people, Asian people, the whole list. People discriminated against. And um, there was somebody not too long ago that didn't like me. I could tell they didn't like me. I thought maybe I had offended, I had offended them. Um, it's easy for me to offend people, I guess. If I've offended you, let me know so I can apologize. But this person just didn't treat me right. It's like, I, finally I said, hey, did I do something to offend you? Did I do something wrong? And they're like, no, no. I knew somebody that looked like you. I knew somebody that, was, that looked like you, and I didn't like them, so I don't like you. And I'm like, oh, that's not fair. And the same thing happens to other people. So they are judged, they are sized up based on an experience somebody else had. If a police officer is so calloused in the experiences that he's had, that he's had that he thinks that he needs to hold every person down, then maybe that person needs to find a different job and retire. Um, so uh, when I was in Tennessee uh, going to college, I worked at Berman's uh, leather store, uh, fur coat leather store in the mall. And I found that people didn't want to buy things from me. Those Southerners didn't want to buy things from me because I was a Yankee. So I started to talk slower. And I, my accent was better then when I lived down there. But I was like, how y'all doing today? Would y'all like to try on a coat? Like I said, it was better back then. But I changed up my speech, and then I was accepted. People talked to me, usually. And you can't do that with the color of your skin. You can't do that. You can't change the color of your skin. My grandson's mixed race, half black, half white. He can't change the color of his skin. So actually, I like the color of his skin better than the color of my skin. I'm always outside trying to get darker, and he doesn't need to worry about that because maybe he's perfect. I don't know. His skin's a good color. Nonetheless, um, People discriminate. Police size you up and discriminate. Again, I hear from my black friends that they're often um, pulled over um, or at least police are checking them out. And that's not fair unless you've committed a crime or done something wrong. Uh, many years ago, I was like 18, I worked uh, second and third shift and I had a 68 Chevelle station wagon, two different color doors, um, kind of loud, hole in the exhaust. And uh, so late at night, I drive that around because I'd go to the grocery store and stuff because if you just get off work at midnight or whatever, or, um, or you're going to work and then it's really late at night, um, they would pull me over. A couple times they pulled me over. And they're like, where are you coming from? I tell them either like from home to go to work or from work to the grocery store. And so I'd let them know where I was going. And they'd always ask if they could look through the car. And I was like, sure. But they never did. Maybe I said, sure. I don't know. 
But anyway, I have really limited experiences and the racial injustice that goes on in our world is wrong and it needs to change. And God is not the creator of uh, racial injustice. Um, So God created Adam and Eve, as you know. And then uh, as time went on, people got really sinful. And then God wiped everybody off the face of the earth except Noah and his sons. So you got Shem, Ham, Japheth. And so then uh, all the lines of people came from them, which would make us all distant relatives. And then things got really bad as a large group of people, a mob, I guess, tried to build a really big tower. And so God confused their language and gave them different languages. So we have people with all different skin colors and all different languages. And sometimes the people don't talk like you or don't look like you. You, it could be easy to discriminate against them, but we shouldn't do that. We should do all that we can to help other people grow, to help other people up, not to repress them and hold them down. That's not loving. That's selfish. So Psalm 133.1 says, How good and pleasant it is when God's people live together in unity. God wants us to live in unity. He wants the church to live in unity. He wants the church to be a place where people can come in, whether whatever color they are or whatever uh, their, um, how, how big or small their paycheck is or uh, what their um, skill or job is in life, and live together in unity. So the rich man and the poor man should be able to be together in unity and care for one another and build each other up and worship the Lord together. So number one, serve others like Jesus. Serve others like Jesus. If anybody stooped, if anybody stooped down to make himself accessible to others, to make himself accessible to people that weren't very, that weren't perfect, that weren't like him, he was holy in every way. Um, Jesus left heaven and every perfect part of it to come down and live among us. In Philippians chapter two, says, Paul writes, therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and of one mind. So if we are, how are, how do you, how do you come into a relationship with Christ? You're not born into it. Um, There's a post on Facebook right now that says we're all God's children, Uh, but that's not actually true. The Bible says that we're adopted as God's children when we receive Jesus Christ uh, to as many as received him. To those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. So if you want to be in Christ, if you want to have a relationship with Jesus Christ, you need to realize that you're a sinner. We're all sinners. We all sin and do things that dishonor God. We do things that are not what God intended or not God's will. That's sin. God is so holy and perfect. He can't stand sin. We're all sinners and we fall short of the glory of God. But God demonstrates his love for us in this. And while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us and the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God, his eternal life, the wages of sin is death, uh, eternal separation from God. So we go through life and we have a choice. We have an opportunity if we hear the message to respond and to receive Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior to a good way to do that. Acknowledge our belief in Jesus is to pray, Lord Jesus, I acknowledge I'm a sinner and you died on the cross for my sins. Please come into my life and save me and make me the person you created me to be. I want to follow you. And then when we do that, we receive the Holy Spirit. Uh, we receive his love. He, shows, he often showers his love on us. 
Uh, even before we accept him as our Lord and Savior, for God so loved the world, he gave his one and only Son that whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. So encouragement from being united with Christ, comfort from his love, common sharing in the Spirit. We all receive the Holy Spirit when we get saved. If any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and of mind. Verse 3, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, rather in humility. Value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of of the others, to look to the interests of people that have a different skin color than you, to look to the interests of people that might speak a different language than you, to look to the interests of people that might have been born in a different country than you. So we need to do all that we can to try to help people come into a right relationship with Jesus Christ and then to grow in their faith. We're part of a group called the Christian and Missionary Alliance, which um, does two things. is involved in world missions and also uh, church growth and church planting in the United States. So uh, many people in the Christian and Missionary Alliance are missionaries around the world. Uh, And many of our churches in America now are churches that reach people that are from other countries that speak different languages. Many of the churches speak English for the first two services, and then it's a Spanish service, or um, it's a Chinese service, or um, an Ethiopian service, or uh, we have a ministry, a dedicated ministry to Somalis. People matter. All people matter to God. Verse 5, in your relationship with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. So in your relationships with others, you need to be like Jesus and put them first to, I mean, Jesus came to us to live among us, to teach us how to live, to point us to God, and then to die on the cross for our sin, to rise again, show that he conquered death, and give us the promise that if we follow him, if we place our faith in him, that we can be made right with God and have life for eternity. So in this little sliver of life that we have, God is calling us to serve other people, to be a servant to others just like Jesus was. If you want to be like Jesus, be a servant to others. Verse 9, Therefore God exalted him, Jesus, to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Can you imagine what it must sound like to God the Father to have every tongue every nation acknowledging that Jesus Christ is Lord in their own language, the language that their native language, the one that they understand. I, in the past, I never really thought that I would benefit from learning the metric system or learning how to speak Spanish. Uh, I totally missed out on that, so I should have paid attention and learned the metric system because that'd be really helpful when I work on cars and stuff. Uh, And two, I wish that I could speak Spanish or another language so I could connect with more people. Actually, I feel really bad when I find, when I meet people, when I know people that know multiple languages, or I see immigrants that are speaking English, but it's not their native language, and they took the time to learn that. They took the time so that they could be effective uh, in the place that they live. So um, I wish that I knew more languages. Anyway, um, number two, be humble and show respect for everyone. Be humble and show respect for everyone. 
show respect for white people and black people and Hispanic people and Asian people and old people and young people and show respect for everyone. Sometimes we think we're better than others because of how much money we make or where we live or um, the fact that we've lived in a certain town longer than others. So I've lived in Belle Plaine for since 2000, almost 20 years, and I still am an outsider. I'm not one of the in crowd. So I've heard that from other people, too. Uh, there's people that were always from around here that think that uh, everybody else is an outsider. Be humble and show respect for everyone. Paul's writing this as a prisoner. He's saying, show respect. He should be upset. He's like, I'm in prison. I'm captive. But he looked at his imprisonment as an opportunity to proclaim Jesus to others. I mean, just think about it. He was able to proclaim Jesus to the prison guards. And he was waiting to appeal to Caesar. He was working out his plan. And he was also writing the epistles that we read in the New Testament. So Ephesians 4, verse 1 Paul writes, as a prisoner for the Lord, then, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. And think about all your actions in the last week. Have ever, has everything you've done been living a life worthy? Have you treated people well? Have you done well? Have you honored God and others? Um, we're free. Uh, most of us are free. Oh, actually, we're, we were prisoners under house arrest for the COVID-19 stay-at-home order. But anyway, as a prisoner, for, maybe you still have to work at home too. Maybe you work at home and you're surrounded by kids. You've got nowhere else to go and you feel like a prisoner. But nonetheless, as a prisoner for the Lord then, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. So we, as Christians, need to be humble and gentle and care for one another. Not to put ourselves above others. And I know it's easy to talk about and sometimes it's hard to do. Sometimes people are really competitive and they think, oh, I'm better than you. Sometimes people put in a lot of work and a lot of money and a lot of time to get degrees. And then they like to have a doctorate degree and they want you to call them doctor. Um, all of my friends that have doctorates, I don't think anybody makes me call them a doctor. So actually, most of my pastor friends that have been ordained, I've been ordained, that carry the title reverend. I don't think anybody really uses it. I don't think... We haven't called each other Reverend, Reverend. We like to be called pastors. That's more of a servant name. But make every effort. First Peter 2.16, Peter writes, Live as free people, but do not use your freedom as a cover-up for evil. Live as God's slaves. Show proper respect to everyone. Love the family of believers. Fear God and honor the emperor. We'll talk about that one in just a minute, that honoring the emperor, honoring the king, honoring authority, and what that's all about. Proper respect to everyone. We should show respect to our boss. We should show respect to our neighbors. We should show respect to our spouses. Sometimes people don't treat their spouses the way that they would treat their co-workers or anyone else. There's just a lot of disrespect. Anyway, um, uh, Colossians 3.11 says, Here there is no Gentile or Jew. The Gentile and Jews did not get along. There were all sorts of things that the Gentiles did that the Jews found repulsive. Circumcised or uncircumcised, uh, that was another thing that was cause for division. I don't even want to talk about how they would know. Uh, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all and is in all, Colossians 3.11. So anyway, sometimes it's cultural things. Sometimes it's the way people live. Um, 
I think about my wife and I think about all the things that I appreciate about, appreciate about her. So we like the same kind of music. We never really have arguments over the music that we listen to or the things that we watch. Or um, We just fit and we, we agree with each other in so many things. So um, I usually listen to like contemporary Christian music. Uh, every now and then there's a country song that I like. Uh, a lot of times there's a lot of country songs that I don't like either because they're like sinful or they're too twangy or they're really sad uh, and there's no hope. Um, so if she was all I'm listening to country music, it was like, ew. Or if she was a cat person, because I'm a full out dog person, she's a dog person too. And together we take really good care of dogs. No cats, we get along. But so sometimes it's a personality thing. Um, sometimes it's a cultural thing. Sometimes it's an agreeing to get, get along and get together thing. But in Christ and in heaven, there's no Gentile or Jew. There's just a Christ follower. There's no circumcised or uncircumcised barbarian, Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all and in all. And we need to remember that. We need to think about that. We need to think that every person of every race matters to God. All right, number three. Back to this, honor the king. Number three, no God established authority to keep us safe. No that it was God who established authorities to keep us safe. This call to get rid of all the police, that's ridiculous. Who's going to protect you then? When there's a crime, who are you going to call? There's absolutely no way that you can trust all the people around you in your neighborhood not to do some kind of crime or need some kind of intervention or need some kind of help. Um, there's just things that happen, and sometimes it's good to have a third party come in and make the peace. Romans 13.1, Paul writes, Let everyone be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except that which God has established. The authorities that exist have been established by God. Consequently, whoever rebels against the authority is rebelling against what God has instituted, and those who do so will bring judgment on themselves. For rulers hold no terror for those who do right, but for those who do wrong. Do you want to be free from fear of the one in authority? Then do what is right, and you will be commended. For the one in authority is God's servant for your good. But if you do wrong, be afraid. For rulers do not bear the sword for no reason. They are God's servants, agents of wrath to bring punishment on the wrongdoer. Therefore, it is necessary to submit to the authorities, not only because of possible punishment, but also as a matter of conscience. This is why you pay taxes, for the authorities are God's servants who give their full time to governing. Give to everyone what you owe them. If you owe taxes, pay taxes. If revenue, then revenue. If respect, then respect. If honor, then honor. And I know what you're thinking. You're like, wait, wait, wait. What about the Chinese authorities that are burning down churches? They're no good. What about police officers that kill people, uh, shoot people, police officers that cause trouble? That is not the norm. So um, God instituted authorities in our life to make the world a better place, to keep things sane. So what we want to do is we want to vote for and pray for good authorities. I would say that um, there's probably a few bad police officers and probably a hundred, hundreds of thousands of good ones. People that truly do want to serve. People that truly do care. Um, I know that um, sometimes when we are 
committing a crime or whatever that we don't appreciate the police. And also I know that sometimes we don't appreciate the police because our parents or our siblings or our peers in school have taught us to disrespect them. When I was a kid, um, I was taught pretty much by my friends to disrespect the police and uh, call them names that are similar to swine and everything else, that they were bad, that the police were bad. And um, I had a run-in with the police when I was young, about the time of the first Star Wars movie, actually. I was uh, staying with a, a babysitter and um, her kid, and we went to the store, and uh, he said, hey, why don't you grab one of these Hot Wheels? And I'm like, okay. So I stole a Hot Wheel. And we went to his house, and this guy came with this big black case. This is before everybody had a VCR. Big black case. And he pulled it out, and he hooked it to the TV, and it was this kid and me stealing stuff at the store. And they told us we couldn't come back to the store anymore. So my guess is that kid must have done it a lot because it was my first time. But anyway, uh, in trouble with the authorities. But um, if we're not doing anything wrong then uh, we need to uh, trust that it's going to be okay. Uh, the police, the authorities need to be trained that somebody um, of a different color or different language or whatever may be afraid of them and their authority and may do strange things. And to know how to deal with that and to take the time, especially if someone's on the ground saying, I can't breathe, to let go so that they can breathe or get them medical attention. So everybody knows that whole thing was wrong. I probably don't need to say anything more about it because, I don't, like I said, I don't know anybody that thinks that that whole situation wasn't totally wrong. But we need to honor authorities. Uh, people went from saying we don't want the police in our protest to, hey, these people are destroying our businesses and our neighborhoods and we're in fear for our lives. Where is the police? Where's the National Guard? First it was like, oh, we don't want the National Guard. That would be good. And then they're like, where's the National Guard? We need the National Guard. How come they're not here yet? And now I think they're like deploying not only the whole National Guard in Minnesota, but asking neighboring states, hey, can you send some people? So hopefully people will stay off the streets tonight. Uh, the people that are uh, planning to cause uh, violence and uh, burn down buildings and everything will be quickly caught and arrested. Hopefully God will do miraculous stuff to uh, save lives, to preserve people's buildings and homes. Um, I watched on the news uh, the lady that was crying that uh, they almost broke into her apartment building and she is handicapped and now she doesn't have anywhere to shop and she can't get anywhere because all the buses have been shut down. Uh, they burned down all the stores around her. What a mess uh, has been made out of this. And um, protesting uh, to make change uh, doesn't lead to that much destruction. That, that's not right. And again, I don't think anybody that truly cares about change, cares about uh, fixing this racial divide and this whole problem, is uh, somebody that would burn down a neighborhood, somebody that would destroy or, or loot. Uh, how does that help a cause to say, well, you know, George Floyd, uh, we were out there protesting for him, but while I was out there, I decided to run into that store and get myself a new fryer or TV or whatever, because that will really show him. No, that doesn't really show them. That just makes things worse. And then while we were there, we set it on fire. So um, again,
What a mess. Okay, number four, rescue the oppressed from the wicked. Number four, rescue the oppressed from the wicked. If you can, if there's a way that you can rescue the oppressed from the wicked, maybe sometimes you need to stand in and help and protect. Matter of fact, this lady on the news said that these people that were running from, I think it was the police or whatever, were trying to get into her building, the same one I just mentioned a minute ago, and if people hadn't been guarding the doors, they would have gotten in and who knows what they would have done. So rescue the oppressed from the wicked. Maybe sometimes you need to stand up and guard others. You need to help others. You need to do what you can to help them. Psalm 82, verse 3 and 4. Defend the weak and the fatherless. Uphold the cause of the poor and the oppressed. Rescue the weak and the needy and deliver them from the hand of the wicked. What can you do? You need to pray about that. Sometimes the Holy Spirit will put on your heart that you need to act, that you need to jump in and do something to to act. Jesus said it's not wrong to be angry, but he said in your anger, do not sin. And we need to go through life and we need to do all that we can to help other people, to... um, pray for others, to encourage others. That's what I'm going to talk about in my next message, I hope, on First Thessalonians. But number five, last point, number five, act in love. No matter what you do, act in love. Romans 13, 8, let no debt remain outstanding except the continuing debt to love one another. For whoever loves others has fulfilled the law. The commandments, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not covet, and whatever other command there may be are summed up in this one command, love your neighbor as yourself. And your neighbor, your neighbor might be white, black, Hispanic. Your neighbor might be um, from another country. Um, I'm just thinking of all my neighbors and I'm like, oh, wait, I'm not going to disclose that. So anyway, um, yes, love your neighbor as yourself. All the people around you, your coworkers, the people around you are your neighbors. How much do you love yourself? Some people are like, I don't love myself. Well, that's, don't go with that. Go with how you should love yourself and love your neighbors. Uh, love others the way God loves you. Romans 13, 8, love does no harm to a neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfillment of the law. Let us behave decently as in the daytime, not carousing in drunkenness, not in sexual immorality and debauchery, not in dissension and jealousy. Rather, clothe yourselves with the Lord Jesus Christ and do not think about how to gratify the desires of the flesh. So, um, I've spotted out a bunch of verses. I've shared a few things. Um, I've been thinking about this for, well, today, because I had a different sermon prepared. But um, we really need change. We need to do what we can to make things change. We need to encourage people to change. If you see somebody that isn't like you, somebody that's different, do what you can to befriend them, to establish a rapport. They might not become your best friend, but at least they'll know that you're friendly. At least they'll know that you are for them, or at least they'll know that you are not a threat. When I was in high school in Colorado, they decided that they were going to bus some black kids from the other side of town into the school uh, that I was in. And those kids didn't want to be there. And a bunch of kids uh, in that school didn't want them to be there. And so the black kids felt that nobody wanted them there. So they just kind of, at first, uh, there was all this racial tension. Uh, eventually, uh, things got better. 
But what a terrible place to be. What a terrible place to be with the thought that somebody's against you, the thought that somebody's out to get you, the thought that um, somebody is judging you or thinking less of you, um, or the thought that you think you're better than somebody else, or you think that you should hold someone down and keep them from being successful, or you think that you have the right to um, try to destroy someone's life because... uh, they're not like you or because they remind you of someone else or because of a fear, an irrational fear that you have. This has been going on forever. I thought for sure it would be done by now in my old age. When I first, my first semester in college, I went down to a Bible college, this one in Tennessee where I worked at the mall. My first semester down there, um, I show up and the dean of students is like, oh, didn't even know you were coming. I'm like, oh, so I guess someone... Um, forgot to send in my registration, not me. But anyway, uh, they get down there, and he's like, well, he whispers a bit. He's like, would you, would you be okay rooming with a black boy? And I'm like, yeah, that'd be fine. That's no problem. So uh, my roommate was from New Guinea, and um, it was definitely a different experience. So uh, he was different, and it was good, and it was memorable. Um, one thing I tried to understand why he would do weird things. And um, in the summer when it was hot or when the when school started in the fall, it was hot. And he would have the thermostat on the little heat air conditioner thing in the room. And so it would be hot out and it would be freezing cold in the room. And then in the winter, when it was like super cold outside, it was like as hot as it could be with that heat register in the room. And I'm like, hey, I'm just curious why do you do this? And he said in his accent, he says, because I can. In my country, I cannot. Sometimes when people do things that are different, you just have to ask them why. And then maybe you'll come to an understanding and even find it kind of amusing. But anyway, so uh, people are protesting. Um, People are rioting. People are in fear for their lives. People have lost their businesses and their jobs and their places to shop. People are still under the threat of this virus that is supposedly going to destroy us all uh, if we don't wear masks and social distance and everything is a mess. And if there's, any, if there's ever a time where people are fearful and they need Jesus, it's now. Let's pray. Jesus, we just thank you so much for your word, for the hope that you give us. You know what's going on down here. And uh, you in Romans 8.28, your word says you work all things together for the good of those who love you and are called according to your purpose. And I pray that somehow you would turn this bad to good. I pray that you would protect the people, the residents that live down there. I pray that the um, police and the National Guard and everybody trying to keep the peace would do so, that they would be good authorities, that they would be peacemakers. Blessed are the peacemakers. Lord, we pray that uh, there would be a change uh, in the mind of people and also in the way um, uh, police handle things with um, people of different races, Lord. We pray that there will be a time when the black man and the white man and the Indian man and women uh, and the Asians and the Somalis and the Ethiopians and Eritrean, everybody uh, could get along and live in harmony. And uh, ideally, Lord, it'd be great if they would all call you their Lord and Savior. So, Lord Jesus, we just thank you. We pray that you'd use this video for good and you'd bring peace to our state and health. Lord, we pray for healing. We pray the coronavirus would go away, that schools could get back to uh, 
teaching and uh, that um, that you would just help us in every way, Lord. And all the churches could open up with 100% capacity. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.